After several games of not fully committing to the gameplay, Georgia did commit to discovering their inner and outer capabilities during the off week. That's the hardest problem, y'all. That game we saw took people out of a lot of haggard darkness, as it should have. Now, Georgia faces the next step in rebuilding this team or figuring out uh, how to string together the organic film so that Florida performance to figure out, hey, what will we become? We face a Missouri team that's riding as high as they have in any time in the recent past with good reason. Cook to Burns, legit tandem. I think the dolls are pretty well poised to handle that and whatever else they might throw at Georgia. What's up, Georgia football fans? You're listening to episode 366 at the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined at the University of Georgia Law School by my two co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Leach. This is the Georgia versus Missouri preview. Uh, it's basically a top 15 matchup this week in Athens at 3.30 CBS, so it's a great day for tailgating, and we're going to talk all about the game and a whole bunch of other stuff besides the game. But to start that off is my co-host, Will Leach, and he's sitting to my left, and here's Will. Correct. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I want to warn listeners in advance, by the way, that you are, because of scheduling, because of travel, this is three consecutive weeks where we are going to be doing this during the day, and there's therefore presumably bourbonless. <laughs> so we may be more cogent than usual. Another one. We're doing one next week. We're, it's a it's a one. That might be a little early on a Tuesday. Uh, you'll be coming in remotely next week, Tony. Yeah, I hope to hope to join you. I'll be I'll be on the road uh, in Vegas. So actually. we're gonna have to go real hard when we preview uh, that Georgia Tech game. Apparently, yeah, uh, we'll, because, we'll we'll uh, make it happen. We may need it after the next three weeks. Um, you know, when we went into the Florida game, uh, I'm glad to be here at the law school, by the way. I found it much easier this time. Yeah, me again, too. This is, this is always the funniest thing for me because, again, unlike the two of you, I did not I, – I, you know, I don't do a school year and don't really have any connection to it. So I'm always wondering how I'm being, being like – like uh, feeling uh, – Nate Bargatze, who hosted it live last week, has a great – Oh, he's great. He's great. He's very funny. And uh, he, had a, he has a great bit about how – uh, he's 43, but he still feels like everyone he talks to is his age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he starts talking to someone. He's like, okay, bring your dad over here. Never mind. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. And I always feel like that when I'm at college games. I'm like, hey, hello, fellow student. What's going on? Hello, and, fellow and they're like, people. oh, there's that really old man that just walked <laughs> in here. So uh, I, I always kind of have to adjust to that when I do any sort of college stuff. But um, anyway, um, when we went to the Florida game, you know, I think we kind of did like an informal ranking of the next four games, of which one was going to be the toughest. And I think we all agreed that Florida was probably going to be the easiest. Correct. And, uh, and which, accounting for the fact Can that... Can I move Georgia Tech above Florida? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> accounting for, you know, all the weirdness of the cocktail party game and all, the, all that comes with that. And, I, and I, I feel like the results last week bore that out pretty clearly. Um, so this is the stretch now. So... I have heard – I was listening to Solid Verbal this morning, and they were – they believe the toughest one is this one. They kind of – they had their iceberg. They, like Of the big teams, who has the iceberg – who's most likely to be the iceberg for the, for the big teams? And they pointed out just pretty correctly that, like, over the next four weeks, Georgia, other than Washington, who has, like, everybody left in the pack, in the, in the pack whatever's made left now, Georgia kind of actually has the toughest schedule of any of those main compet- – of those title teams right now, has the most icebergs in their way. I still think at Tennessee is the toughest one. Not so much that Tennessee is better, but it's on the road. And frankly, it will be after two 
pretty intense games. I think I think that uh, I don't think there's any question that no one is going into these games like, oh, it's like the South Carolina game or it's like the Missouri game last year. I think everybody understands Missouri is a huge game and the Mississippi is a game I've always been gearing up to all year. It almost feels like having at Tennessee, it's the time of the year they don't usually play Tennessee that late. It's just kind of weird. Uh, it's right before the, it'll be right before the Georgia Tech game. There's a lot of weirdness about that game that feels almost like the like uh the, there'll be an emotional journey we're going to go on for the next two weeks for the last home game. Uh, so, we'll, But for me, I do think Missouri is tougher than Mississippi. And I do think this is a serious game that they're facing. Now, I'm curious, when you look at Missouri, this is one of their best teams that they've had probably since the Michael Sam years. Oh, yeah, they, 10 years. Yeah, 10, year, 10 years since they got here. Since they won the SEC East those two yeah. years in a row, which is really kind of wild. And it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around now, but it's worth knowing that Mississippi, if Missouri wins this game, they are very well positioned to win uh, uh, the SEC East. So that leads us in the first question. This Missouri team is good. It is better than Missouri teams we've been in the past. The days where uh, Drinkwitz, Drinkwitz first got here and he was like, well, you know what? The right thing to do <laughs> is to give out during this age of COVID is to give out the injury reports. And all the other was like, look at this Midwestern yokel over here. He don't know nothing. He's, he's gotten with the program now. He's gotten with the program. And he, he does seem to have it going. I still, I'm curious which way you guys look at this game, which is a, Missouri is the toughest. Uh, the, Missouri is the toughest game on Georgia's schedule. They're rolling right now, and and Georgia doesn't have powers, and uh, certainly still has some questions of their own. Or do you look at this? Remember the time when they played South Carolina right before uh, when South Carolina was kind of rolling right before Georgia won the national championships, and we were all like, "Wow, the way Georgia's growing, they better get them now, or they're not going to get the opportunity to get them later." On a certain level. Is this Missouri, is this a Missouri team that's on its way up and a team that we need to worry about the next few years, or is this a team that is hitting everything perfect right now? And because for the record, their talent level is still not where Georgia's is. To be as clear as possible, Missouri's got a lot of stuff going. Georgia's clearly the more talented team. Uh, they're favored by a considerable amount. I think most people consider Georgia better. But you, I guarantee you, from Missouri's perspective, they're looking at this being like, "This is the time we got to get Georgia. This is we've got this really good team. Georgia doesn't have Bowers." Which way do you look at? Do you look at Missouri having a peak right now and, and Georgia being without Bowers and maybe coming off an emotional game against Florida? Missouri a chance to get them? Or is Missouri building something that is a measure of concern and this is just the next step in that? Well, I mean, I think it, it, can, be, it can be a little of both. Uh, I, I, the way no, I, I want a polarizing answer. There's, I, no, <laughs> there's no subtlety or, or nuance well, here. Okay, although well, my polarizer, Pat McAfee, is an idiot. Um, <laughs> so I think... I think Missouri is building something, um, but also not something we necessarily should be worried about in and out. I mean, so the way I look at this is the fundamentals haven't changed. Eli Drinkowitz is not suddenly a master recruiter. I mean, although he is a good recruiter, mm-hmm. right? But he is he has taken them from the 60s under Odom to the 40s mm-hmm. to the now the mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Um you know, a down year for Georgia's fourth. And so let's start there. A very down year for Georgia's yes. fourth. Uh, the, the second thing is Barry Odom, um, I'm sorry, uh, Eli Drinkowitz has been coaching, um, I guess, a year less than Kirby in the head coaching ranks. Do I have that right? I think it's two years. Two years less. Yeah. Okay. Uh, until really recently, he was still making first-year head coaching mistakes. I mean, there, there were some mistakes where – 
Um, there were some things going on with Crystal Ball. We were like, damn, dude. Um, which, you know, is not great. I mean, he did give up play calling this year, which was a, a huge gripe from if you if you follow any of the any of the 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 same the same in um, uh, smart Missouri people, including Bill Conley, which he would say that you know he needed to give up play calling. He was just too distracted to be like the on-field coach. Um, but here's the line in the bottle part of that: they don't grow Luther burdens on trees, <laughs> and uh, they got him one. Uh, and that is, I mean, remember Luther Burden. It came down to Georgia mm. and Missouri, uh, and now Luther Burden is playing in the spot that Dominic Lovett yeah, played right. in last year, nice and is maybe he'll be here next year. Yeah, maybe he'll be here <laughs> next year. Uh, and look, I think there was a, I think there was a pretty strong contingent of people that felt like Luther Burden, whether it was an ultimatum or just simply went to the coach and said, "Please give me the ball more." Right, I am. I am now considering my options if I don't get the ball thrown to me more, uh, which is not unfair when you're the only or one of a few. F- I don't know. He might be the only five star on that team, yeah. right? And it, it's almost coaching malpractice if you don't use him and in every worked. way possible. <laughs> and it's worked. Um, but the hidden part of that is uh, there's two hidden parts of that. First off, Missouri is uh, really good at running the football, especially right now. Cook will take off and run. Uh, both on scheduled runs and also trying to make things happen. That's a key if you want to look at that way of uh, of this of this uh, thing. Uh, and the last part is their, their their primary running game also works okay. Doesn't work great. Um, I will also say that when I was surprised when I went back and looked at their schedule, um, they are getting an awful lot of mileage off of. Uh, Kansas State win, which was a good win, mm. which they should have lost. Um, right. That they are getting an awful lot of mileage off that, and I think this we would, I think we, and we being people in general, but also the national media would look at this very differently if they were coming in here, having uh, having lost to the two best teams they played, which are an an okay and improving LSU, and um, then also lost to a Kansas State team that is also improving but wasn't really great then. Um, so that's that's kind of why I say both. I mean, are they are they getting better? Yes. I'll tell you who should be worried: Tennessee and Florida. I mean, those are the teams that Missouri right now are um, are probably that that should be their targets to make noise in the East, but not. Remember, this Florida. is it for the East. Like that's a weird thing to remember about all. Yeah, this. I hadn't like... thought of that way. <laughs> this, this entire spree, um, but but you know, like now the. Is is Missouri ceiling to be good enough in the SEC to slot in that third or potentially fourth spot in the playoff? Not yet, but possibly. Um, like, are we that sold on what they're doing? Because remember last yeah. year. I mean, last year when when Georgia yeah. almost lost to Missouri, it felt like a massive like of all teams, Missouri. What's going on? So that certainly got Georgia's attention. That said, this is still a team that has one five star, uh, and Georgia has more. Uh, is, is all, this is also a on team on the bench? <laughs> yeah, this is also a team uh, that, for all the talk, for, that has not actually beaten anyone better than is Kansas State the best team they've beaten? Yeah, and and like, oh man, they should have beat LSU. They could have won that game. It's worth doing, like this is not like Joe Burrow LSU. Like this is an LSU team that I think has been considered a pretty big disappointment and. Uh, so, not saying that Missouri ain't played nobody, but at a certain level, 
you know, this is, for all the talk, like, this is Georgia's biggest test, which I think we can make an argument it is, it's without question Missouri's test by a pretty dramatic amount. And I think that's the thing is, is this a, well, I guess my question about Missouri, is this Clemson uh, year two of Dabo, or is this TCU last year? Where everything is falling right and things have kind of come together. And for the record, they still haven't reached the heights that TCU hit last year. And I don't think they're going to hit the heights that Clemson's going to hit. But what level, like, that's really my question about Missouri. What level of arc are they at? Is it the fact they have a five star and they have a good quarterback and he's had some time to build the defense together that this is like their peak? Because this to me looks like a peak Missouri team, particularly with the loss of the East Divisions, particularly with the idea that, like, I'm sorry, let's say Missouri has Georgia's schedule next year where they're at Mississippi, at Texas, and at Alabama. I don't think they'd be 15 point underdogs in all three of those games. And so maybe Mississippi, it's 10. But I just, I, it's weird for me. Like, I'm happy for Missouri, I guess, uh, that, that, that they've reached this point. But like, the, the talent level is still above average, not top tier. And it goes back to our original notion of if Georgia loses to any of these teams without Brock Bowers, they were never going to beat any of the big dogs anyway. Agreed. I mean, first off, let let me make sure that everyone understands Scott's seething that we're talking about Missouri this much today, even though it's a Missouri podcast. (laughs) Um, But the, I I think, I think the, I think I would agree with your premise that there is a, it's a peak ish. Um, I think it remains to be seen. I think the the knock on Eli Drinkowitz and the, the thing that I keep coming back to is him giving up play calling has improved the team in two different ways. First off, their offense is better, right? He is not he is not he is not afraid. He's not playing with the offense. It doesn't look like he is, and and that has allowed the offense to be more open. The second thing is it's allowed him to focus on being a head coach, not an offensive coordinator. Um, now, is that mean? Does that mean they are Clemson year three when Dabo finally was like? We got to figure out this thing, or uh, TCU last year. I think it's. I don't think it's quite flash in the pan as TCU last year, where things are exactly right. Although it doesn't hurt, because I, th- I think they. I think I think the coaching changes have made a substantive yeah. difference. Now, does that mean I think Missouri will be a team that will consistently be? Well, Missouri's coming this year. They might take. Might take LSU's spot in the playoff. No, I don't think that. I don't think we're there. Um, could their recruiting improve and they continue to do well? Sure, but I got to see more than seven games of it. Um, yeah, and it's it's just weird to like for me. This is the weird dichotomy I find myself thinking about this game. Is the idea that like what the way we all felt when they Georgia nearly lost to them last? It felt like. Like wow, Georgia Georgia played drunk and Mississippi and Missouri had the game of their lives and they had that kicker that booted all those long field goals and and even with that Georgia still like shook off the shook off the the, the, the drunkenness enough to still assert their will in the fourth quarter but we were still stunned that Missouri could possibly do that here we are a year later now in Sanford by the way now uh, and. And a team that Georgia still Georgia still has not lost since that game, and there seems to be this vibe of Missouri is what a huge challenge Georgia has with Missouri. Missouri looks better than they did last year. Georgia looks, I don't know, maybe the same, maybe a little worse than they did last year. But it doesn't feel like that gap has shrunk. Like, do we think that Missouri game was an aberration last year? 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's yeah. a universally accepted thing. There's aberration. Doesn't mean that that can't happen again. Doesn't mean an aberration sells on the table. There's almost been a couple aberrations this year. Like it can happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. But the idea, this seems to be not a careful Missouri will jump up and bite you. It's a whoa, Georgia better get it together because Missouri, this Missouri team is really, really good. And that seems too strong to me. Yeah, I think a lot of there's a lot of. Georgia has had more than one of those games this season, and Missouri is better doing the heavy lifting and analysis. Um, kind of think of it this way, uh, looking at the SP Plus um, game winning percentages, uh, Kansas State was probably the best game they played or best team they played. They were 86.86% um, to, win game, right? to win that game, post-game expectancy. Kentucky, 63.8, even though they won that game by um, – what, 14 more points, yeah. right? Um, it looked like more of a blowout than it was. It looked like more of a blowout than it was. And then, of course, they lost to LSU in number 25.6. Georgia's had no game other than one where they were below 97%. And they were 92.5 <laughs> wow. right. with South Carolina, right? What were it, they, Auburn? Uh, hold on for a second. Yeah, sorry, a second. sorry, I'll let you fail. Um, but, you know, uh, that tells me that Georgia is playing the way that they're expected just not things aren't just going their way. That, yeah. that was the ninety ninety seven. That was ninety seven. Yeah, uh, South Carolina was ninety two point nine. Okay, um, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so they so, were ninety seven to beat Auburn. Yeah, post game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because see, I didn't realize it was that high. Well, you think about it. I mean, there were. I mean, not to get too much in. Well, why not? We're not getting into it. I mean, for Missouri to win this game, Georgia's got to turn the ball over multiple times and give Missouri short fields because Missouri, um, as as explosive as they can't be. They're not great on long fields. They're they're uh, you know at their um, I guess uh, total yardage acquired after uh, on on drives of sixty percent. They're way 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 down the middle of the pack. By the way, Georgia's number one on offensive drives, so longer than sixty yards on um, total yardage gained on um, above above eighty percent. So that tells even on long drives, Georgia's getting down the field. And um, putting themselves in position to score, whether they're scoring or not, yeah. you know that's a different thing. Um, and Missouri is not. So Missouri has counted on a decent number of shorter fields. Uh, their average starting position is not that much better than Georgia's, but you know Georgia has given up the fewest red zone possessions in the nation. What do you think about this defense? And they were like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I mean, you think about uh, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Auburn. All scored touchdowns on long passes, right? And uh, is it uh, is it utterly irresponsible? Is it utterly ridiculous to think that Georgia won't give up a scripted drive, first drive touchdown like to Missouri, did, for example, right. and did Kentucky, yeah. and did to Vanderbilt, and did to Auburn, right? Um, no, of course not. I mean, I think that, that I think that's probably the that's safe, on the table. That's, that's no question. I think it's the safest. I think it's the safest <laughs> like thing you could say on the prop bet right now. Um, but having said all of that. I think you're absolutely right in thinking, um, even though I think, I don't recall, did we say, what game did you and I, I know you, we agreed. I think we both said that the He's Mississippi talking to Scott game. Now, no, yeah, I'm talking right. to Scott. You and I both agreed <laughs> the uh, Mississippi game was the more scary game. Or did we say? I think Missouri was last week, but okay. I think I've changed my okay. mind. Yeah, Will's talked yeah. us out of it. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> but I am glad Be that, skeptical of Midwesterners. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm glad that. You know, because I was also thinking, like, how, what order would I prefer these games to happen in if I could shuffle them around? And I really do think this is the 
the best order it could be in. Missouri I think Tennessee at home. in the middle. I think, Tennessee, think? I think Tennessee in the middle. Because I think two big wins at home. Your, your home season is now over. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's the earliest ending to a home and, season in years. And then you're at Tennessee. Now their whole season is that game. And Georgia's, on, like Georgia's just gone through two big gauntlets. That Mississippi game is going to be huge. Huge, one way or the other, could potentially be a night game for crying out loud. And oh, God, <laughs> do you and, think that if Georgia beats Missouri and Mississippi, and then they play Tennessee Knoxville, and Tennessee Knoxville knows that they're out of it, that maybe it takes it pops the balloon a little bit? I, maybe, but I, I just I think at or this you point, think they're vengeance. it's Georgia's psychology on yeah. this, and like, and I, I just think they're inevitably is going to feel like there's some kind of. Sort of some sort of come down, like after those first two home games, because Tennessee is like Tennessee, obviously a big game, but they spoke Tennessee for a while now. Uh, they had the awesome game against them last year, and it's in Missouri. People think this is the toughest game, and they think Mississippi is the party that it's the big senior day and all everything that's going on. So I would put Tennessee in the middle of these two. Yeah, I can see but, that. But other than that, I think that. Uh, but yeah, I think this this one's coming at the. Go right ahead time. and get Missouri out of the way. I think this like I, I and you can clearly see where I'm going. With this I'm less concerned about this game than other people are. I'm I kind of with and, you. I'm and, with you on that. And, and listen, that is not to say that things could not land a certain way. But like what? Listen, I feel like now I'm in a law building and people are talking about like big words and money and stuff and and uh, the fundamentals on this. Like if you're a bet, like if you're a betting person, if this is like a stock market thing, the fundamentals of the Georgia business are much more solid than the fundamentals Agreed. of the Missouri 100%. business. Now that doesn't mean that weird things aren't going to happen to those things we don't know about, or strings, wrinkles, or the ball's going to bounce one way here. Or Beck has a tough game. He kind of had our first rough game a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he was great against Florida, but we've seen, you know, we've seen a couple mistakes here or there. Missouri can take advantage of that. They've got a, couple, a big play of guys. They've got a good quarterback. I'm not saying it is completely off the table. But, like, if Georgia does what it's supposed to do or within the realm of what it's supposed to do, Missouri has to play perfect and still probably catch some breaks. And you got to play. In a way that I don't think in Tennessee, there's more, I think it's more likely Georgia makes those mistakes in Tennessee That's probably after right. all that than they do it. And you got to take in a fact that. I mean, we've seen what the Sanford crowd has been the past couple years, especially. And at 3.30, people are going to know their job. People have seen it in action starting at the game day Arkansas game, the game day Kentucky game of 21, the Tennessee game of last year, even earlier in the season, kind of versus South Carolina. The, the crowd knows what to do because Kirby has set the expectation for getting there early, being loud, and being disruptive. And I think that's good for, let's say, three false starts. And maybe if they get some bad field position on the Stay east safe. side of the stadium. Stay safety. Stay safety. <laughs> We've seen that before with Arkansas and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, think, think about the, what the vibe was going into the Missouri safe. game last year. Going to the Missouri game last year, like not only were we like surprised it was going on, no one was sweating that game in the slightest. I was no. in St. Louis and I had because I, I was there was pools yeah, last weekend, pools last and weekend. and I saw people on Friday night and I was and they're like, yeah, we're going, but like mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. may, you know, we'll see. Like there, it was it wasn't a game to worry about, and you saw it. If you, uh, I was fine. I was actually watching highlights of that game a few a few weeks ago and watching like the extended replay of it. And the, for the first half, Georgia looks like actively sleep. Stetson looks actively sleepy. Like there's just sort mm-hmm. of a it feels like that old South Carolina game that we always use the example of this. That, like, again, Georgia could lose this game. Weird things could happen. But I do not believe Georgia is going to go into this game with a, 
It's Missouri. Like, not after last year. Not when they're 15 in the country. Not when they're 7-1. and one, Not when they're coming in feeling – everyone's be like, Missouri's hot. This is the Missouri team. That's where they're going to. It's hard to see Georgia uh, – uh, I, I think they're more likely to treat Tennessee that way than uh, UT, UT Knoxville, excuse mm, me, yeah. uh, than they are they are to treat Missouri. So I I don't know when does Georgia have its flat games? It's Maybe when, they've already had them. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and they always have them when it's like uh, it's Vanderbilt this week. Yeah, uh, this isn't even that good of an Auburn team. Oh, South Carolina, what? That's when they have yeah. the flat games. They don't have the flat games when they're dialing up. And so that that to me, we talk about a lot like wow, the schedule gets tougher at the end. From so I mean Georgia A Georgia's won a bunch of games in a row. B their worst games have never been those exciting games that you're going into. They're always generally ready for those. Yeah. I think Missouri has Georgia's attention now in a way they didn't last year, and I think that will uh, not be beneficial. For the the lead up this week feels similar to how the lead up was versus Kentucky, and you saw what Georgia yeah. did when they came out versus Kentucky. I kind of feel the same way on that. Um, but I want to go back to I started thinking as you were asking Tony like. Where do you think of Missouri? You know, are they on on the rise or are they are they at the peak? I mean, let me first explain to you how I think of Missouri. And I know a lot of y'all know that I have voiced disdain that they were in the conference <laughs> and everything. But the best way I can describe it is one of my pet peeves in life is when you meet someone and you meet them maybe two months later. And then you run into them again, and they always act like they're meeting you for the first time. You ever run into someone like that? <laughs> I have. Worry, I am like that sometimes. I mean, I, that's it's one of my pet peeves where someone treats me. I'm, I want to I want to shake them and say like, "Dude, we've met like five times," <laughs> and you act like you've never met me. I just did this when I walked in here today with Scott. I apologize. Sorry about that. That's the best way. <laughs> that's the best way that I can describe of how I feel when Georgia plays Missouri, it still feels strange to have them on the schedule because growing up, you just never even fathom that your team would be playing a conference game against a team like Missouri. So, you know, and of course you could make it the, the mad men meme. Like I just don't think about them. Um, But having said all that, that's kind of where I am when I think of Missouri, it's almost like a paradox for me. Like, why are we even playing? I'm not out of the spite anymore. It's just strange that. It, well, it's about to not happen. It's about year. to not happen. So I guess I'll be better next year. But you know, I think will back it feel to, weirder to play Missouri next year or Oklahoma? Yeah, <laughs> it's probably going to feel similar. Yeah, it's probably going to feel similar. But you know, I, the way I think of Missouri is back like in '07 when Chase Daniels was there. Yeah. Chase Daniel, um, and then they played like Kansas from that. They were both like top five teams. Oh, yeah. This is it's almost like Mangini. they have a 15 year rise, and I feel like they're at the complete peak of the top and they're going to backslide because of NIL or missing out on, you know, multiple five stars. And I just don't think they're going to be able to compete, especially with Texas and Oklahoma rolling in and Georgia and Alabama, Ole Miss, Florida restocking. And as, as you're pointing out, looking at those numbers there, Tony, their peak right now is like, they're not in the same, like they're not a top 10 team. Like, like we're at, like, oh, sure. there's yeah. this kind of idea, like I know they're seven and one and I know if, and if they, if certainly if they had won the LSU game, oh, yeah. they would be in the top 10. But A, they didn't, and LSU's is not that, LSU's not that good. B, as you kind of rattled off, there's not a lot of really impressive dominant things on their resume right now. They're 7-1 because the schedule has not been that hard, and, and that doesn't mean they're not good. It does not mean, but like the idea, like I look at like, you talk about that 07 team, that Missouri team, that Kansas team, that was the, those teams were good. They got some luck. 
but they were good and that they legitimately had a chance to compete for a national championship that year made their losses and that all what hurt that much more painful but the idea that like like i just i'm not sure like this is a historically really good missouri team that does not translate into a sec championship winning team particularly with not where georgia with where georgia is right now like the time to get them was when they got them in 2013 yep. and 2014. They took advantage of that, and that's what they get. The, you're going to tell me that that in the last year of the SEC East, Missouri's going to come in and end a almost two year Georgia winning streak after Georgia just played the way they did against Florida? I'm 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 certainly not convinced. Yeah, when you look at kind of the advanced metrics on on Missouri, you know, offensively they're top 20 um, kind of across the board offensively. Um, they're top 10 a lot of passing metrics. So their rushing, rushing metrics, despite the running quarterback, are all in the 80s and 90s. And then when you look defensively, they're just average. They're meh. And, you know, they're in the close to the 40 range on uh, success rate. Um, and, you know, against the run, they're middle of the pack in the, uh, the mid-40s. Um, Against the pass, though, and that's what you know, Georgia's shown their passing team this year. You know, they're in the 70s or 80s, and when you compare that to Georgia, um, you know, Georgia's in the top three to five uh, on all defense, me- defensive, offensive metrics, um, top 10 on all passing metrics, top 20 on all rushing metrics, and then defensively, they're in the 20s on everything, both uh, both passing and against the run, with the exception of. <clears throat> um, they, are, they have a tendency to let teams have a little rushing success before they get them behind the chains. Um, so that and that's the thing that I think we see. Uh, they've had they don't have that many three and outs. Georgia doesn't have that many three and outs, but they have a ton of um, you know six play, seven play, seventeen to twenty five yard drives um, where the teams get a couple first downs and suddenly they can't do anything. Um, and you're you're right. I I when I think in terms, I try to think in terms of okay, what has to happen for Georgia to for Georgia to win this game? Play their average game, right? What does Missouri have to do? They have to play their very best game and probably get a break. And Georgia to play below average. And, and Georgia play below average, right? Um, Which can happen. Oh yeah, we're not saying that can't happen. It's a weird sport. There, there. A lot of these kids are teenagers. Like strange things happen all the time. Yeah, strange things happen all the time. But, uh, but if you were, the fundamentals are definitely in Georgia's direction. Absolutely, and And I don't want that to get lost in the idea that like here comes Missouri, huge game, SEC East on the line. That should not like hide us from the fact that like the talent levels are not particularly comparable. Well, I mean, but you bring up a good point. Also talking about the games and their timing. You know, if we're going to have a fiddle fart around game. Um, it'd rather be this week than next week or two weeks, because I think I think I, first off I think Mississippi's a better team, certainly a better offensive team, um, and strangely Tennessee's a better defensive team, and you're playing on the road. So I think I think now's the time if you're going to have the, eh, we're just gonna. maybe fiddle fart around against Tech. Save all your fiddle farting around. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's. The, the tech is to fiddle fart and to give like Bowers like two possessions. Yeah, that's what yeah. tech is for. Let him come back. And that play. is that's what tech is for. Is yeah, and that's a, that's a good for you. We could use that. Thank yes. you. Is that what Pickens did? Yeah, that's what Pickens did. Yeah. He still almost got in a fight, and then game. he got suspended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't worry about that with uh, Bowers. I don't think it's too much of a concern. No. Yeah, I'm. But, and listen, we're, but it could certainly happen that I am. I am under like weird things can happen in games. 
But if you're telling me who I'm more worried about, again, not just of these games, but like change, like I think Missouri's going to lose one of the next two against Tennessee and Florida. They've got Tennessee and Florida after this. I think they're going to lose at least one of those games. If one of those two games would have happened sequencing wise before this one, we're talking about this game a lot differently. I oh. think that people are excited about Missouri, and they should be excited about Missouri. But really, you're right, Tony. It's all based on that Kansas State game. Oh, yeah, it's all based on Kansas. Kansas State looks fine. Yeah. They look fine, yeah. but like they're hardly a top ten team. And so, so I don't know. I think I'm. I mean, Kansas State won the won the Big Twelve last year, and it made that win feel bigger than I think it is. And again, they almost lost. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yep. Scott, can I tell you about the Strickland firm? Uh, I mean, it feels. Appropriate since we're sitting here in the bowels of the. Are we in the bowels of the this law school? This is bow, very bowelly down here. Um, so a lot of good snacks, though. There are a lot of good snacks. There are always a lot of good snacks in the bowels. Eventually. I was just about to say. I feel like bowels and snacks don't always <laughs> yeah. go together, but uh, we do appreciate the Strickland firm, Ryan Strickland, uh, University of Georgia School of Law grad, uh, class of two thousand three. Um, Fifteen years of handling personal injury cases. Uh, Time before that, representing the biggest insurance uh, companies in America. We really appreciate his practice and appreciate him sponsoring the Wait and Since Last Saturday podcast. Scott, if I wanted to reach out to Ryan, how would I do that? Well, there's uh, the 800 number. I think I made a mistake last week. It was one of those moments where, like, it was 2 o'clock on a random day, and I was like, I think I I said his uh, phone number wrong. Yeah. Because it's one eight four four. GA Justice. I think I used the old school uh, toll-free number. So 844. And we did hear from listeners about that because many people called, as they always do after we do this ad read, and they pointed it out to Scott. And so we apologize to those readers, who, to those listeners who told us that they tried to call and were unsuccessful. So we apologize. Well, the good news is that they have a bunch of flex still tape now. So. Yes. Um, or thestricklandfirm.com. That's what I would do. I mean, I guess I've kind of taken on how the millennials are, where they don't like to call people. They just rather text. So I'd rather surf the web than actually call someone and uh, be scared speaking to another human online because he said uh, that they do have 24-7 support on the phone. So if I needed him, I'd probably go to the website. But maybe you are of the dial-for-justice type person. I'm a dialer-for-justice. So that's what I, you know, either or. Well, we appreciate, Ryan, support of the Wait and Since Last Saturday podcast. Um, so as we hear, sit here on Tuesday afternoon, guys, the first college football playoff rankings come out in just a few hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, Are we going to predict them? Will, you and I talked about this. I let's, def- let's definitely predict something that by the time the people listen to it, they will know officially that we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, everybody keeps saying, like, well, expect Georgia not to be number one. I'm kind of like, why not? Who yeah. is Ohio State? Nicole Arbach said she, they might not be in the top four. Well, yeah, her and Heather Dennett are on yeah. a crusade. But <laughs> uh, having said that, I, I, the, the only thing I was going to say about that is I don't expect Georgia to be first. I do not. Um, If they are going to be, I guess the right way to look at this, if they are going to be consistent with what they've done in the past, they're going to place one of the teams with a marquee win up there. And Georgia doesn't have that yet, right? They just don't. I mean, that's fine. So Washington. Um, I think there's a world where Washington and Ohio State are, are yeah. number one. I think it's Ohio State. Yeah, I think it's I think Ohio it's going to be Ohio yeah. State. They're, they're so. going to get they're going to count that Penn State game as a as a, yep. as a, oh, as a good yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, and, and yeah. Notre Dame and Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah, those are two big wins. Yeah, so yeah. I, get it. I, I think it's probably even good. though even though you know they both are in kind of the same. Yeah. They both of those I think at the end of the season will be 
comparable to the wins Georgia has, and which is frankly uh, all you can do if you're Georgia is just win out. Because yeah, I mean, like, if, you, like you, again, you, it does not. Yeah, you matter. go thirteen zero in the SEC, you're in the playoffs. Trivia question again: Who was the first? We do this every time we do this. Who was the first ever team to be number one in the college football playoff rankings? Do you remember, Scott? Isn't it? Uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Do not not forget that national champion Mississippi State year. Yeah. That happened. Or that time that they were in the playoff. Or that Mississippi was in the top four. Yeah. Like it's just like like this this is a television event. And whatever. I used to get more annoyed by that. I used to be like, that doesn't mean anything. Now I'm like, whatever. It's fun. It's fun. It's like, it's it's, it's as fun as the eight people. It means nothing, but it's fun. Isn't it the one year anniversary of Tennessee Knoxville holding the number one spot for four days before they played Georgia? Because that was the, that was the, the, Kind of the talk around last year's game leading up to the Georgia that, Tennessee That's game. a potential fun uh, trivia question at some point. What team, name all the teams that at one point have been n- number one in the college football player, or even in the top four. That will be, let's hold that for like for, for the last week of the year. It's a lot of research. Because it's the last time there won't be 12. So it might be fun to do uh, to all the teams. Yeah, they're were. probably going to start ranking down past 25, right? Um, right, have we heard anything about that? I we have. I mean, they haven't even figured out they're doing the format yet. Yeah, I guess that's so. Right. Um, but that will that will be fun. Like I, I do think it will. Honestly, I do think it will mean more this early next year when there's twelve. Yeah, I think I, that'll, I, be, right, that'll yeah. be fun because you'll get to see teams like Air Force. Oh yeah, and, totally, and, totally. Like yeah. exactly, exactly. You'll see exactly. Yeah. But I did just want to bring that up because there will be a lot of. Um, electronic ink spilled over Georgia not being ranked first in. I'm sitting here fully expecting it. So yeah, great. Like, whatever. Like yeah. I mean, if you want to, it just uh, Kirby, uh, if, nobody it, believes in Kirby. Exactly. Anytime that he can do that, like they don't think that the two-time defending champs yeah. are the number one team. That's not how Kirby Smart talks at all, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, but <laughs> I made him, made him sort of a, a Nagurski sort of guy. But um, I think that uh, I think that's clearly. I mean, they'll do it. Obviously, they'll do it. Why yeah. wouldn't they do it? And why more part of it? But I think it's fun. I'm not bothered by this anymore. And we know it doesn't actually mean anything, yeah. so it's fun. I when, think it, my when prediction though, it all takes care. Of I'm, I do think Georgia will be in the top four. I would I be surprised too, yeah, to yeah. see them outside the top four. But uh, one or two, Georgia, Washington, be a, my my guess. My guess is Ohio State one and Georgia two, Washington three. I still think they will give enough. So are Michigan or Florida State going to get left out of the top four? Michigan, I think it'll be Michigan. Yeah, I do too. I think it'll yeah, be Michigan. I do too. Um, we did get a, an email this week. Um, just kind of a clarification email. This is from Nick in Knoxville. Okay. He says, hey, guys. That's Athens, where UT is. Yeah. Knoxville. He says, well, that's what it's about. He says, hey, guys, Athens born, UGA grad, living in Nashville. Okay. Sorry. I didn't read the email. Yeah. Living in Nashville here. Love the show. Uh, the place where there's things to do, right. unlike UT Knoxville. Although I've got to say, up here in Nashville and in most of Tennessee, they do say UT Knoxville or UT Knox or UTK as well. Even the folks who wear the god-awful orange often do so. But the gag is funny. Signed, Nick. For the record, it's embarrassing that they do that. Like, no one in Illinois says, hey, we're at UIUC. Like, nobody says that. Like, and they have they have just, they have, they have UI, UIC and UIS. And but they, people in Chicago say UIC. <laughs> UIC, but they, they say UIC for Illinois, Chicago. Yeah, it's Illinois, Chicago. Yeah, and of yeah. course they do, because they're not the actual main school. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, they, I, think I think, ergo, your answer is UT Knoxville is not the main school. Yeah, exactly. We it's just start, one of them. We should start calling. We should start calling uh, Tennessee the school of Martin. It is nice. It is nice to know that Chattanooga allows satellite schools <laughs> like UT Knoxville <laughs> to occasionally just use the Tennessee name. Do love it. Do love it. So what I figured uh, we would do just to kind of 
top off the Missouri talk, of course, Georgia is 11-1 all-time versus the Tigers. And we just surpassed the 10-year anniversary of when Missouri beat Georgia in Athens. My was, first time ever seeing Georgia lose. It was October 12th, 2013. Missouri was ranked 25th, and Georgia was ranked 7th. I remember that day because I tailgated downtown with my boys, and boy, were they young uh, yeah. for that game. <laughs> uh, but we did, it was almost like we saw some Missouri fans, and my oldest, Jack, uh, he was like eight at the time, and he's like, look, a Missouri fan. You know, I mean, it, it sounded better in my head than, <laughs> than actually talking about it from the, how I, I remembered it. But um, obviously, you obviously wearing Cardinal hats. You will often see Missouri fans wearing Cardinals hats. I've because I, I remember there, during those early days, the Cardinals back used to make the playoffs, and uh, and they would always and you would always see. I would always like, hey, I don't want a Georgia thing, but go Burts, and there'd always be like a way to, to yeah. get going there. So because um, the, again, they are the real team, right? Like yeah, yeah. like if you go to a Falcons game, you'll see Georgia hats. You go to a Missouri game, you're gonna see a lot of Cardinal hats. Like they are the definitive team. I believe that. Um, so uh, the interesting thing about that game was. I rewatched a, a brief highlight video of it, you know, about an eight-minute recap, and it seemed eerily similar to some of the ways that Georgia has started. Maybe, maybe like South Carolina game. Georgia scored first, then Missouri answered. Georgia drives down on their second drive uh, to settle for a field goal. Missouri converts, converts. Missouri converts a ton of third and longs, just driving. You know, the Georgia defense, crazy. Um, then the turnovers started happening. Brend- happening. Brendan Douglas, with 90 seconds left before half, fumbled on the 10-yard line. And um, the big play that kind of broke their backs was in the second quarter. Shane Ray, who was a vicious defensive end opposite of Michael Sam, he sacked Murray, strip sack on the 20, and then Sam scooped it up and scored to put them up 28-10. Yeah, that was the killer. That the, was when you're like, oh, we're losing. Yeah, the thing, the thing that I forgot was how good Arthur Lynch was, how good Aaron Murray was despite throwing two interceptions, how good Brennan Douglas tried. They tried to will themselves back. Uh, Rontavius Wooten, Chris Conley, J.J. Green, the guy that eventually transferred to Tech, ran for like 90-something yards. Georgia got back to within 28 to 26. I remember that, yeah. In the third quarter. And then James Franklin, not the Penn State coach. Right. James Franklin, who was, who's playing out of his mind, separate, separates his shoulder. And then Maddie Mock Maddie comes Mock. in. Who And it was weird because LSU at the time had a quarterback named Matt Mock. <laughs> but this was like the B-side, Maddie Mock. Um, he was a freshman. He was good. He was good. He went three for three on passing. And on a third down with about nine minutes left, uh, with them being up 28-26, he threw a backwards pass to Bud Sasser, and then who threw that to LaDainian Washington for a touchdown. They missed the point after attempt, so Georgia fans were thinking, oh gosh, we're, we're still in this, we're only down by eight. Missouri got a late touchdown after that to make it, what did I say the final score was? I had it written down. Uh, to make it... 39-26? Oh, 41-26. It was sitting right there. It's because I don't have my readers, and I had to enlarge the type. Um, George had 450 yards total offense. Missouri had 375. Really, the key were the turnovers. Yeah. We need uh, uh, when expected numbers for that game. I wonder if Georgia would have been above 50%. 
in that game. Oh, I doubt it. I doubt close. it. It would be close, but yeah. Um, remember, they of course they won the SEC East that year. Yes. Right. Uh, do you remember what they were ranked heading into the SEC championship? Oh gosh, I think they were top five. They were five. Auburn wow. was three, and yeah. they were five. And of course, they made it again the next year. They were not so high then. They were fourteen, and then Alabama crushed them. And they have not been back to the SEC championship, championship game since. And it's about to become harder. <laughs> it's about to become much yeah. harder. To yeah. The SEC yeah. 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 And to speak about Missouri, what Will was talking about going into that game. They were five and zero, oh, and Georgia was four and one. Because they lost to Clemson, which I which I watched. They had lost to Clemson at the beginning of the year and rattled off four in a row. Georgia would go on to lose at Vanderbilt the next yeah. week and finish the season with five losses. Lost to Nebraska and the Gator Bowl. Missouri, on the other hand, did play in the SEC championship game. They would end up going eleven and one. Their one loss was a two overtime loss to South Carolina. They lost to Auburn in the SEC championship game to go 11-2 and after the SEC game. And then they beat Oklahoma State in the Cotton Bowl. And then the final standings for that season, of course, Florida State won the championship. You had South Carolina finishing fourth in the nation, Missouri finishing fifth, Alabama seventh. And then Georgia was all the way down and the others receiving votes. I think they were like 31st. With five losses. Do you recall the other SEC teams that were ranked? I mean, I have it right here. Yeah. Okay, point out number 24. Yeah. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. I'll tell you how long ago that was. Yeah. Wow. That was when uh, little Jamie Franklin was still around. Yeah. And they won their um, they won the Compass Bowl against Houston. Because so, yeah. wow. I think Michael Sam was Defensive Player of the Year that year. It, Michael Sam was D- SEC uh, Defensive Player of the Year. The interesting thing in that game, I was like, because what I remembered was like he must have, you know, he he returned that fumble. Yeah, he had one tackle assist in that game versus Georgia. It was really the offensive stars, and then Shane Ray and a couple others. But you know that was the his one low watermark yeah. game of the year. But yeah, he went on to win SEC Defensive Player of the Year. I think he was co SEC with um, Mosley from Alabama, who plays now for the Jets. Yeah. Okay, so I guess that's a cautionary tale mm. for this week. Uh, a little bit, but uh, but yeah, I think we've established with um, talking about how yeah. Missouri might be at its peak, and a lot of things. Four turnovers would definitely do that, just like yeah. happened in this game. Also, Georgia's uh, talent's a little higher than it was in two thousand. Just a touch, fair yeah. to say. Fair to say. So, a couple of uh, trivia questions: Since that loss to Missouri at home in two thousand thirteen, how many times has Georgia lost at home since then? In the span of 10 years. Okay, let's see if we can name them. Okay. Let's see if we can name them. Um, let's, okay, so last year, no. Yeah. Year before, no. Yeah. Last home, so last home loss before that was uh, still South Carolina. Yes. Correct. Yes. So there's been South Carolina. Right. Um, I'll give uh, you a hint. There were three in 2016. Yeah, and those are Tennessee. Correct. Uh-huh. Um, Georgia Tech. Yes. Georgia Tech and Vanderbilt. Oh, Vanderbilt. That's correct. Yeah. And then there's two more, one in 2014 and one in 2015. 2014 would be... 2015 was Alabama. That's correct. I think I remember that game. Uh, 2014 oh, wouldn't gosh, be... Uh, it's a would, dumb one. Is it a dumb one? Yeah. Super dumb? Yeah. Um, was, it, was it Vanderbilt again? No. Same same uh, idea. Same plane. It was South, not South Carolina. Georgia Tech. Will oh, right. Check in right. 14? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I had my head that, yeah, okay. I know, I know. It hurts to, like, when I when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I, so, basically, Tex beat us more at home 
in the past 20-something years than they've beat us in Atlanta. When's the last time they beat Georgia in Atlanta? Was that Jasper Sanks? No, it's been since then. I think it was 09. Um, well, that wasn't Jasper Sanks. Jasper Sanks was like, oh, 2000, 99 or 2000. Oh. Let's see here. Yeah, I think it was 09. Well, while you look that up, uh, one other question. Um, this is the last time Georgia will play Missouri until at least 2025 because they're not on the 2024 schedule. Typically, Georgia plays six SEC East games. Out of the eight SEC games in 2024, how many of them are scheduled against future former SEC East teams? Three. Three. It's going to be Tennessee, Knoxville, Florida, and Kentucky. And on the west side would be Ole Miss, Alabama, Mississippi State, Auburn, and I guess Texas would yeah. be considered west. Yeah, they're getting um, the next year. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. Like you said at the beginning of this season – of podcasting, uh, this is the end of the SEC as we know it. Yes. And, uh, uh, to answer your question, it was uh, not the Jasper Saints game. That was 99. It was oh, okay. 2000. It was 2000. 23 seasons ago is the last time Georgia, Georgia Tech beat Georgia in and historic in Bobby, Bobby Dodd, Mark Rick, Hunt Field. I bet Jasper Saints would be happy that I de-aged him by 10 years. Yeah. By 20 years. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. I'm, I'm, math is not my thing. So, <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Because so, you almost agree with it. Yeah, no, no. Um, it's the military uh, time. It's always best. Yeah, it's like, you know, you got to carry the 12. Um, um, so I, this would be impossible to do as a trivia, but I, I'll just list these off. Um, so Missouri started in the league in 2012. Mm-hmm, I agree. And uh, so I wanted to look up the records were versus all of the teams. Um, by far, their, their worst record with the amount of games played is – uh, against Georgia, they're one and ten since joining the league. They are zero and four against Alabama and zero and three against Auburn, but less of uh, less games involved there. But what's the best team they've beaten? The the one they have the best record versus is Arkansas. They're seven and two versus they Arkansas. Them every year, right? Yeah, and actually Vanderbilt nine and three. The, there's a seven uh, game. What's their best SEC there. win? Is it beating Georgia in 2013? It's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that was a seven maybe, and five team. Yeah. Maybe LSU. They beat them once. I mean, I, don't, I hate to be too nitpicky about this, but the year that they—I mean, the year that they played and finished fourth—they—I mean, fifth—they be, did beat number five South Carolina. Right. right so right, right. that hurt was say, the coach team. That hurt me to say. Yeah, but I mean, really, they're five hundred against a lot of around five hundred against Texas A and M. Um, That's a team. Florida, South Carolina. Are they they're around, what's their record against Florida? Since five and six. Five and six? Yeah. That speaks, I think, not well to Florida, if I'm being Sorry. honest. Oh, I, find, I find a lot of the, joy in that. The three teams they've never beat are Alabama, Auburn, and Mississippi State. Yeah. They've only played Mississippi State, what, twice? Twice. And so the weird thing is, Missouri and Texas A&M came into the league at the same time in 2012, yet Georgia and Texas A&M have only played one time. They've played every team at least twice. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It's just strange how the schedule. I, I know 2020 kind of threw yeah. everything off. College Station doesn't exist. Yeah. So uh, that's it for that. And so, Tony, we'll get into the Passion Autos fun office pools. Yeah, guys, if you need a car, call my friend Robbie or my friend Scott at Passion Autos. You can find them on the Internet. Um, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. Uh, Scott, do you have the website pulled up? It's PassionAutosLLC.com. Yeah, PassionAutosLLC.com. And, you know, they do post often on Instagram. And I've seen a lot recently of young Teenage drivers getting their, you know, 
Jeep Compass or their Ford F-150 or whatever other car that they target in between that seven and $30,000 range, um, they're able to help a lot of people out with getting that car because I know I've gone through it. A lot of you listening have gone through it, and some of you are going to go through it soon. It is a pain to try to find a safe but yet affordable car uh, for your kids. And because, and particularly because uh, the affordable part becomes more important when you consider the, the insurance additions Absolutely. That are, uh, popping up there. Absolutely. I don't know what's wrong with these insurance companies that believe that somehow it should cost more to insure a 16-year-old <laughs> to drive a car. Where are they coming up with that? Uh, <laughs> friend, let me tell you some stories. Um, so it, do you... Do either one of you, before we get into the picks, want to talk about the Dabo phone call, uh, call-in show? <laughs> I, to me, like, yeah, I, I'll talk about it for a Will second. Because uh, you know, I'm on record as thinking Dabo sucks, and it's, and I and I'm kind of enjoying, um, I'm enjoying him being kind of hoisted on his own petard a little bit because, of course, to me, the interesting thing, like, if you listen to the call. The tone is actually a little worse than what he's saying. He's actually pretty respectful. He tries to be respectful. So I can see why Dabo. The problem was with the, I think if he had said, "Hey, you were here and now you're here. I think you're hiring the wrong people." It's when he started putting money into it, and I think that's the tell. That's the tell because Dabo's like, because that was what got Dabo fired up. It was a remember you said like I started out making nothing. I've worked my way up to this. That to me was the tell of where Dabo is. Um, it's great, to be honest. It's great because he's not going to change. Like he's not. It's who he is. Like if I'm Clemson, I'm very worried. Yeah. I'm very worried because he like he's not like this is. And frankly, like come on, Dabo's always been like a. Uh, an old person's version of a younger person, like he's like an old man, right? Like he's like a like he's like like he he he's he might as well already be like seventy five, like like he's what? How old is Dabo? Fifty five, fifty three, and at a certain level, I think he said it in his response. He told him how old he was, and it's remarkable because like that's I mean I personally there was a time where I thought that was old. I no longer think that's old, and I certainly think it is too too young. To be in like a, well, I fought my, these young whippersnappers think this is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, they, they can come and change everything. Well, I've worked my way up from the top. It's too young. Like the thing that's worrisome about it is not that they're losing. It's that the, my way is right. I'm the, doing this the right way. When clearly, like maybe we didn't see them going four and four this year. But clearly, we've, we've, what we've been saying for three years if Dabo doesn't start taking transfers, if he doesn't start being more realistic of what college football is right now, if he doesn't wake up, we're going to start to see a fall off, and that's not going to. And like, I think it's been more rapid than I thought it was going to be. But we've all seen this coming, and so that to me is the worrisome part. It's it's not like it's like things have just landed the wrong way for him a couple times this year. Like like maybe you could make an argument for Saban last year. Mm-hmm. Things like landed a little, a little sideways on me, so lost like two games. But like it felt like I think the the reports of Saban having lost his way were way too early. He has made adjustments. He's a smart guy. He adjusts. Dabo by design does not adjust, and now he's in the spot where like what's happening is what we all said was going to happen. And it's uh, and his the the fact that his response is not there are adjustments that we need to make. I need to grow as a coach. I understand. There's a, it's a, I know what I'm doing. I work my way to this spot. I've earned this. You have it. If you're a Clemson person, I think you should be very concerned about that. If you're a Georgia person, 
awesome. Yeah, because we, we play them first game next year, <laughs> and and we're going after the same recruits, and we're going after the same transfer people, and like more power. Like you, there's a particular recruit in Jefferson, Georgia, that committed over there, the linebacker, yeah, the Sammy linebacker Brown. He's really good. It'd be yeah. nice if uh, maybe he rethought his commitment. Yeah, so. wouldn't hurt my feelings. Yeah, yeah. The, the interesting thing to me was like, what are you doing having a live call and show? Well, Saban does that. Saban does that. Really? Oh yeah, Saban does that. You're just that, opening yourself up for, for that. But uh, I I did like I didn't like, but I thought it was just funny. I mean, I, I pulled up the transcript and the way he ends it. Um, he says, uh, "Let me get to the point." He says, "I don't care, but I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program. What's best for the players, and what I think's best for the moment. If you got a problem, that's fine. But I'm not going to sit here and let you call." I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me like I'm 12 years old. You got to be freaking kidding me. And then the host says, Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. In case you're wondering <laughs> what, what, kind, of, what kind of critical media they're doing on that radio show. Yeah. And whatever. Like, I don't think, like, listen, I, I don't mean to single Clemson out on that. I think Georgia has an increasingly uncritical media itself, to be entirely honest. But, um, you know, it's it's also easier to be uncritical when you've won two years worth of consecutive games, um, not when you're four and four. Yeah. All right, getting into the picks, let's start out west. Wow, did y'all see the Cal, Southern Cal game last week where they got so lucky to win 50-49, to 49, Southern Cal did, versus Cal. That, that would have been their third loss in a row. They, they host Washington, and I've, I've picked Southern Cal in this, even though Washington, I think Caleb Williams might, and, and Lincoln Riley being back, at uh, the Coliseum and being scared straight against uh, <laughs> California, I think that uh, Washington's look a little wobbly, and uh, Southern Cal gets them. I don't think that. I think that uh, it's funny because like I, th- th- that's an increasing thing. What's the, the line's gotten a little close on this game? Washington by four and a half. Yeah, like it's gotten actually a little bit close. I don't see it. The pro- like the problems with USC are. I actually thought that the defense would be bad, but not this bad, and. Frankly, there have been times where like Caleb Williams looked great against Cal because Cal is a horrible defense. I don't know why we think that they can outscore Washington with that defense. I, I, I think Washington wins. I've actually got this pretty high. I agree with Washington. I think the Huskies pull it out and uh, make a lot of Oklahoma fans happy and forget about the fact they lost Kansas last week because, you know, Lincoln Riley. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Oklahoma, they go. This is Bedlam. They bedlam. go to uh, Stillwater. The last Bedlam. Uh, yeah, it is the last Bedlam. And um, well, it's not Bedlam anymore. Social media ruined it. Yeah, yeah. It's now, it's it's now called Soft Cuddly Mattress Lamb. Mattress cheap. Yeah. Mattress Mac. <laughs> uh, something yeah. I don't know. This is one of those where you'd like to think, oh well, Oklahoma lost a tough one last week to Kansas. They're going to a hornet's nest in Stillwater, but then you realize that Oklahoma State got smoked by South Alabama at home. They got problems this year, year so yeah. I'm going with the Sooners. I am also going with Sooners. the Sooners. Then we have uh, James Madison. Um, the was he a by president? The way, one last thing. Okay, that game is at uh, Stillwater. It is going to be spicy. Spicy. Yeah. Yes. And remember when Georgia played there back in 2010, or they went to Colorado in 2010. Yeah. Maybe it was 09. Anyway, they were they were reporting on how close the fans are to the field, where basically they've got a football field and there's no, I guess, out of bounds territory, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so they're right up on up on the bench. Yeah. So uh, back to my question: James mm-hmm. Madison was a president. Do you correct? remember? Do you remember his wife's name? Uh, 
Dorothy. No. She has delicious cakes. Mm-hmm. Dolly Madison. Dolly. Dolly That's Madison. how the cakes are named after okay. Dolly Madison. Is that like a $400 Jeopardy question? Or no, it's just uh, Dolly Madison. Like, that we owe Dolly Madison. I've, like, I've heard it now. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of Eleanor Roosevelt more frequently. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think she was probably a bigger deal than Dolly <laughs> Madison. But if you were like eight, you probably knew Dolly Madison better than you knew Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, James Madison is visiting uh, Georgia State. That's a that's that would be a, that that what time, that's an afternoon Saturday game, right? It is a, the same time as uh, Georgia Missouri. Yeah, that's a shame. That would be a fun. One. That would be a fun one to go. The, the old, Dukes the old, versus uh, the Panthers. Yeah. I am taking uh, the Dukes. I'm I'm I, I uh, Georgia State lost to Georgia Southern last week. Yeah. I'm taking I'm taking the Dukes. Yeah, I, I've got to take James Madison too. Yeah. I like the idea of an undefeated team that can't go to a bowl. Right. Which right. is very possible. Let, let uh, James Madison and Air Force play yeah. each other. Can, can, they go, can they go to a bowl or can they not just not? Nope. nope. They can't go to a bowl. bowl eligible, which wow. is the oh, they're not because they moved up? Yeah. Okay. Stuff feels like you should be able to. That, that's that's yeah. lame. All right. Then we've got uh, Kansas going uh, to Iowa State. I mean, there's really no question here. I think Kansas is probably going to finish as one of the feel-good teams of the year. I think this may be Leopold's last year. Now's the time to make the move. Like yeah. now is definitely time. Yeah, because the Iowa State coach never made the move. Exactly. And now, and now he's, he's gonna, stuck here. Exactly. He's not going to get so, the opportunity. Yeah, I think you, I think you need to make the move, particularly because you uh, play at Illinois next year. I don't want Leopold to be the coach, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm taking Kansas. I really want to pick Iowa State because they look so much better and figured some things out. But you can't bet against Kansas in this spot. You just can't. Remember, they're doing this with a backup quarterback. Yeah. Let's not forget that Bean. Jason Bean is a backup quarterback. Yeah. He's fast. He is fast. Super fast. All right. uh, Jumping into the SEC, we have the Gamecocks versus the Gamecocks. (laughs) This is a this is a crazy one. Do you know how you know how scared Carolina should be of Jacksonville State? Jacksonville State's a good team. Did they move up as well this year? They did. This okay. Yeah. So six and two. Who's their head coach? Oh, I don't know this one. Richard Rodriguez. Oh, that's right. Uh, Yeah, he's got something for him. That's right. Yeah. I'm picking South Carolina, but I thought it was interesting. That's why I put it on there. I, I like that you did. I'm taking South Carolina, but I like the idea. Yeah, I like it too. But I'm like, I'm if I'm going to miss it, like whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll eat the points if I have to. Yeah. Speaking of which, have we we didn't run through the standings, by the way. Oh, well, I guess we'll do that on the K K We'll, we'll do all. We'll do all this. We'll we'll check the standings, and then we'll do Georgia. Fair. So uh, after that, uh, I missed one here. I meant to put this ahead of that to get before we got in the SEC. But anyway, this is a bigger game: Notre Dame at Clemson. Notre Dame? Yeah, how could you not? I mean, it would be just like Clemson or Notre Dame, for that matter, just turn around and lose <laughs> True. this game. But I think Clemson. Clemson might not make a bowl. I mean, I realize that Clemson might yeah, not this make is a bowl. A, they're getting close they've to They've got this. Notre Dame. I mean, Georgia Tech's a must-win yeah. game for them. They've got Notre Dame. They've got South Carolina. They've got Georgia Tech. And North Carolina. And North Carolina. Georgia Tech's a must-win game for them. Like, it is a, like, they might not make <laughs> a bowl. Less practice uh, in the December month to get yeah. a, to get a ready for Georgia next year. I am taking I am taking Notre Dame. And for the record, if Clemson does win this game, Dabo's going to be so insufferable after that in the press conference afterwards. Like he's just like is he not going to be so insufferable after? He'll way? be worse. Okay. He'll be worse. He'll be worse. Um, Don't Kentucky, talk to him like he's twelve. Kentucky goes to Starkville, seven thirty kickoff in or no eight thirty. No, sorry. Seven thirty kickoff in Starkville. Look, Georgia's played a night game in Starkville when it's cold. Look out, Wildcats! Uh, I don't care what the record says. Mississippi State's four and four. I got Kentucky winning, but I'd tell Mark Stoops to be careful. I think Kentucky wins. I'm taking Kentucky as well. 
Then we got AM at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is favored by four and a half. I think they keep rolling right here in Athens and set up a game day for next week. Good old Kiffin, by the way. Kiffin loves, did you see his thing that he said about Jimbo uh-huh. this week? Yeah. So basically, what did he say? He said, uh, he said uh, um, with, like, they've got so much talent there and they're struggling to make a bowl. He, he had a little Jimbo. Oh, okay. A little Jimbo. I mean, they've already won as many games this season as they won last. Yeah, so it's improvement. It's improvement. But yeah, it is. I'm always. It'll be interesting to see because Kiffin's kind of done this all year, right? He loves to do this. There's something in the press conference to kind of needle the other team's coach. I'm curious what he will do for Kirby if they win this week. If he will do anything to Kirby this week, I don't know. I don't do know. do he? I don't really know about their. I mean, I think they get along. They, yeah. yeah. I know, but I mean, he gets along with Saban. Like, yeah. He gets along with Saban. He just likes That'll to be, do that. That's really interesting. Yeah. What will he? Will say? there be a uh, like a, you know they they like to go fast in Georgia or something like yeah. that? That's my prediction. If he does anything, yeah, it'll be it'll be a comment about they like to go fast both on the field and on the roads or something like that. That's that's my that's my prediction. If he does yeah. anything, I think Mississippi wins. Here's I'll another one I missed. I'll take Aggies. Oh, oh you're taking the Aggies. Aggies. I am. Okay, I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Here's another one I missed. Uh, Kansas State at Texas. I guess I'm just assuming. Texas being in the SEC already. Texas. Texas. Agreed. Then we've got LSU, Alabama. <laughs> I mean, uh, Alabama. I mean, the right. uh, Alabama. I, Alabama. I don't, I'm, I keep sounding like I'm going to try to talk myself out of it, but I mean, Alabama. It's weird how quickly we got to, oh, yeah, Alabama's team, they're going to win. Yeah, it's like they're fine. Like that happened like immediately. Yeah. So uh, we'll see, but uh, I don't know. I just got, that's, listen, we may, I said at the beginning of the year, it feels like the last season the division should have a Georgia-Alabama SEC championship game. It certainly seems like we're still going that way. Direction. Okay, so here's something that would be interesting. If LSU beats Alabama and Ole Miss beats Georgia, there would be a three-way tie at the top where Bama beat Ole Miss, Ole Miss beat LSU, LSU beat Alabama. Uh, they'll figure it out. I think yeah. it's. I think they do top ranking in CFB. I think it's after, just fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my money is definitely on Saban. Saban or Kiffin. <laughs> yeah, Brian Killens. Uh, boys, boys, I think we should just settle this like gentlemen and, and, and draw pistols. Yes, I'll, say, I'll say, I'll say, I'll uh, say. Then we've got uh, Arkansas, Florida. Florida. Arkansas definitely has a vibe that's just like, like – do you think he's coaching there next year? I can't see him doing I don't, if it. Uh, They'll be nice about it. Yeah. But like I – I mean there's an off-ramp for him. Will he go him. emeritus or something? Uh, there's an off-ramp for him where he just basically it becomes, you know – uh, he becomes a spokesperson of Hog Nation, uh, Emeriti or something. And I feel like fundraiser. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's had a worse record in his Arkansas coaching career than Bielema did. Just saying. Mm. Yeah. That yeah. like, uh, yeah. so. Well, he's not one of them Yankees. Exactly. Uh, I mean, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying is happening here. It's like, oh, we love him. We'll give him a soft thing. Meanwhile, Bielema, you don't belong in the SEC. Get out of here. Even though he had a better <laughs> also, record than he did. I like beer. Bielema, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, for the rankings, um, it's kind of the same top two, Alaro and then K-Dubs, uh, only six points behind um, after this week. Uh, Will Leach has jumped up to 19. Mm-hmm. He is, top 20. He is definitely uh, – I don't think he's in the running for the title unless he goes undefeated, but he's definitely uh, improved. What I is, like that guy. You should talk to have him on the podcast more. I, I like the other Will Leach better yeah. on this uh, Will Leach the Goat better than the actual The one. William Leach the Goat, yes, yeah. yes. I prefer that one over the, he's, uh, the former. I'm, I'm better at tying my shoes, though. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> what is Brittany doing with her life? Is uh, ranked sixth uh, currently, and Oof. then um, you and I are down the down the list somewhere. Yeah, I I dropped. Like, how do you drop from like one hundred nine to one twenty four? I mean, somehow I, I did that. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it. You scored mm-hmm. fewer points than thirteen people. Correct, correct. Um, you know, and then uh, let's see. Tony Waller is eighty fourth. <laughs> You are. I scored fewer points than fifty something people this week. You are one point ahead of Walker. And is Walker, Walker is, trying? Yeah, he okay. picks picks every week. Okay. Or, <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah, you and Tiff Willie are, are basically neck and neck. Yeah, William was checking us from the stands at uh, in Jacksonville. This I was getting texts so. from Katie. Yeah, he who was, was in second. Yeah. Well, William is in sixtieth place. He's uh, right behind Seth Johnson. Uh, he's right behind UGA Carey. Oh, okay. So uh, he's got some work to do as well, but he's doing better work than me. Yeah, well, I bet you are also better at tying your shoes and and just like general hygiene. Right, right. <laughs> he's getting there though. He, he's an impressive young man. All right, so um, the the game that we're talking about, Missouri uh, at Georgia, the line is sixteen and a half, and I love that line. I think that's a perfect line. I think you could basically do any kind of math that would subtract sixteen from a number. And that kind of works it out. Um, I don't see anything goofy or weird happening in this. I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, pretty much uh, like Kentucky, but not as dominant. Because I think Missouri is better than Kentucky and will hold their own. I really am excited to see the crowd. I think that's always understated in the media and the lead up to it. But the Sanford crowd knows what to do. They'll be on fire uh, for the 3.30 kickoff. And um, let's say Georgia wins 30 30- Six to twenty. So right on the number. Thirty-six twenty. I think this is a game where Missouri is really gonna go more all out than they usually do. They want this. This they feel like this is an opportunity. I think that's actually gonna hurt them more than they help them, because I feel like that's uh that puts them in a position where this could actually get away from them uh, a little bit. Uh I'm gonna I think Georgia is I'm very comfortable with Georgia in this game, as made clear on the show. Um so I'm gonna say Georgia thirty-four. Um, Missouri 14. Well, y'all take, take my two scores. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree. I'm like, I think we all need to be prepared for Missouri to come out with a scripted uh, first drive touchdown. Um, do not be surprised if Luther Burden catches a 50 RTD pass to do that. Um, it's just, we've seen that happen. And then Georgia locks them down. I, I, I am, um, I, because it feels like to me, Georgia comes and goes on, um, I don't know if we're to the point of the season where Coach Bobo is going to just like just damn the torpedoes and go after it, or if it's going to be a little more like we saw in the third quarter against Florida. We're perfectly fine grinding you down and taking a, a nice, comfortable 12 point win. I, I'm probably going to middle that. Uh, so let's call it 34 to 20, and Georgia wins. Um, so when I um, just I, I meant to mention this, um, I will be at the Georgia Oregon game in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Look for me. We'll be uh, we're sitting on the across from the benches. It's coming Monday. This a week from a week from yesterday, yeah. uh, the sixth. Georgia plays Oregon. I think five o'clock yeah. Eastern, uh, two o'clock Pacific. It's it's like the second game of the day. Second game. That's the of opening the day. day for college basketball. Yeah. Yes, opening day. Georgia does play Oregon. Like I said, look for us. We'll be we'll be in the crowd. We I'll are sitting looking. pretty close. Uh, we're sitting practically courtside. I end up getting good seats. Uh, Where exactly is the game? Is it? Is, is it, it T-Mobile Arena? T-Mobile. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I was. At, I saw the one play tokens. That was yeah, really fun. So, uh, sorry, I won't be with y'all next week. Uh, will you and I will get to do the post game mm-hmm. before I jet off to parts very well known. Um, 
yeah, I just wanted to make, bring that up. If, if but, Georgia fans, you see me out there, say, hey, I'll yeah. be the one wearing red. Find a gif of you yelling at a ref. That's what I want to say. <laughs> and one other thing, we just got an email with some awesome questions from our, our guy, Timothy Watts. We will table that for uh, – these, uh, these are really good questions. We will table that for a future episode. Yeah, because questions are hard. I'm not yeah, prepared for yeah. answers right now. Plus, we're desperately late on time. Yes. Um, um, otherwise, uh, have a great one out there. Well, I'm excited. Only two more, only two more game days left until uh, we have to wait until September of next year. Otherwise, uh, be safe out there. We'll see you out the game. And until then, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Like Tony and Will just stated, they'll be back with a post-game wrap-up show of the Dogs versus the Tigers this coming Sunday. And, uh, yeah, can't believe we're back. It's been six weeks since I uh, saw a Georgia game live and in person, so I am looking forward to Saturday, as all of you are. We'll see you on campus on Saturday. And, as always, go Dogs. I like that part. Yeah,